You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Can a low-sodium diet reduce your cardiovascular risk? Welcome to the Clinician Roundtable. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, your host, and with me today is Professor Nancy Cook. Dr. Cook is the Associate Professor of Medicine in Biostatistics at Harvard Medical School and the Associate Professor of Epidemiology at the Harvard School of Public Health. Recently, Dr. Cook and her colleagues wrote a paper in the British Medical Journal entitled The Long-Term Effects of Dietary Sodium Reduction on Cardiovascular Disease Outcomes. Today we're going to talk about salt in the diet and see how it impacts our cardiovascular risk. Dr. Cook, welcome to the show. Thank you. Can we start by reviewing some of the evidence about sodium? Is sodium linked to increasing blood pressure and increased cardiovascular risk? Well, there's been a body of evidence that shows that sodium is related to blood pressure, particularly among those with hypertension. We know that in those with hypertension that lowering sodium will reduce their blood pressure. What hasn't been clear yet is whether or not that will translate into cardiovascular disease reduction. And in addition to that, the effects on blood pressure among those who don't have high blood pressure really have not been firmly established. In many blood pressure trials of sodium reduction, there's only been a very small impact on blood pressure itself on the order of one or two millimeters. While that can be statistically significant, how that will translate into effect on cardiovascular disease risk really hasn't been clear to date. Now, I know there have been a number of population studies, such as the InterSALT study. What type of data did we receive from these observational studies? Is it just a blood pressure link, or is it uh, more than that? You know, what they were showing really was a link with blood pressure. InterSALT, in particular, looked at about 52 different countries. And first, they did an ecological analysis. So they looked at the mean blood pressures versus the mean sodium excretions in those countries. And they found a relationship. The countries with the lowest salt use um, had the lowest blood pressures, even those with uh, mean sodium of 50 millimoles or less. And then they also looked within individuals to see whether or not there was a, a regression relationship with sodium excretion and blood pressure, and they found that that was true as well. That's somewhat of a better analysis because it's not confounded by as many things as when you're just looking at means in countries. Since then, there have been a lot of observational studies looking at cross-sectional data with sodium excretions and blood pressure and showing there's a relationship. And then more than that, there have been a lot of trials which actually change people's sodium and show that the blood pressure then does come down. Now, all of these studies have been looking at blood pressure so far, and there have been very few that have actually looked at later cardiovascular disease. Um, there have been a few studies that have done this, and the results to date have been somewhat conflicting. There have been several analyses of the NHANES data, which is a big national data set in the U.S., and the, the problem there is that the way they measured sodium was to ask, do a 24-hour recall. So they asked people what they ate in the last 24 hours. And getting the precise sodium intake is very difficult from that. You have to rely on people remembering it and reporting it. And the amount of the foods and the brands of the food will affect the estimated amount of sodium. And that's also just for one day. So the results from that have been conflicting. There have been some studies that are positive and some studies negative when looking at cardiovascular disease itself. 
There have been a couple of studies that looked at, had measures of sodium excretion. There was one study from Finland, one Japanese study, that, uh, and sodium excretion is a much better measure. It's a much more objective measure of sodium intake. And they tended to find some positive relationships with cardiovascular disease. But again, it was only a single measure reflecting basically, you know, the last 24 hours or what you've eaten recently. Well, I think this is a good segue into the studies that you've been involved in, the trials of hypertension prevention trials, which uh, are trying to get to that answer about cardiovascular disease and outcomes. Can you describe briefly how the TOPE trials were put together and, and what they were studying? Well, the TOPE trials are trying to look at the effect of sodium excretion as well as several other non-pharmacologic interventions on blood pressure among normotensives or those with high normal blood pressure. We now use the term prehypertension to define these people. It's um, above the average, 120 over 80, but below hypertension, which is now 140 over 90. And the TOPE trial specifically looked at those with diastolic blood pressure, either 80 to 89 or 83 to 89. And the aim was to see what the effect on blood pressure change would be for a low-sodium diet. The trials, which were conducted in the late 80s and early 90s, looked at the effects of an intervention lasting either a year and a half in the case of TOPE 1 or three to four years in the case of TOPE 2. And the intervention included, um, it was a lifestyle intervention, so we were trying to teach people how to follow a low-sodium diet, uh, how to shop for low-sodium foods, how to cook with low-sodium, how to substitute other herbs, etc. So really to teach them a, a way of life. <laughs> Well, you mentioned that the earlier studies took like a snapshot. It was just how much sodium they had on recall the day before. During these trials, which went uh, for over a year for the first one and three years for the second one, were there measurements of sodium so that we know that sodium reduction was achieved and maintained throughout the course of the study? Exactly. We had several measures of uh, sodium excretions throughout the study, and we found that that did change on the order of 40 to 44 millimoles. We were hoping to get at least that much, 50 or more millimole difference between the groups. So we did see that there was a difference in the sodium over time in each of the trials. However, the effect on blood pressure was actually fairly small, only about 1 to 2 millimeters of mercury, which was fairly consistent with other trials among normotensive individuals. It wasn't clear whether or not that was due to people not adhering to the intervention over time, and it's true that the difference in the sodium excretions decreased, or whether that was just uh, the biological effect. Now, you mentioned that you studied sodium excretion, so I'm assuming this is sodium content in, uh, in urine, 24-hour right. urines. That's right. Does that correlate fairly well with sodium intake? Yes, it does. That's a, probably the best measure of sodium that we have. It's very difficult to measure sodium with dietary questionnaires. In particular, a food frequency questionnaire, which is often used for several different root nutrients, really doesn't capture sodium very well because it's very brand-specific. Most of the sodium we eat is contained in processed foods and packaged foods, and unless you know the exact brand of that, then you really can't measure it very well. So the excretions really are the way to go if you want to get an accurate measure of, of sodium intake. Now, in your most recent study, this was an observational follow-up to the TOPE trials. Can you describe what you did in this trial and what outcomes you were looking for? Well, this was basically an extension of the TOPE trials. 
we used the same participants and we followed them up 10 to 15 years later. Um, we started doing this, um, I think, 1999. We went back to find the participants. It had been five to ten years since we'd had contact with them. Uh, and we did this through the, the, our coordinating center at the Brigham and Women's Hospital. So it took a, a lot of effort to try to find people, again, who were based in ten different study clinics throughout the United States. But uh, we were able to reach them. We were able to um, have them fill out a questionnaire or we either by mail or over the phone to ask about their subsequent cardiovascular disease. And then we would also seek medical records so we could confirm this on that basis. And what we were looking for was whether or not the um, sodium reductions that we'd seen in the trial had any impact on later cardiovascular disease itself. This is really the unanswered question. The observational studies, as I said, have been conflicting and based on a single urinary excretion. Those were the better studies. But now we're looking at whether actually changing the sodium would lead to a difference in cardiovascular risk. And the outcome from your study was? Well, we found that there was a lower cardiovascular event rate by 25% among those who had been in the intervention group. In fact, it was even larger, 30%, when we adjusted for baseline sodium excretion and weight. So we did find a rather sizable reduction in cardiovascular disease, which was defined as MI stroke coronary revascularization or cardiovascular death. In addition to that, we also found a 20% reduction in total mortality among those in the active group. This wasn't statistically significant, but yet that's a fairly sizable effect on total mortality from any cause. I find this kind of an astounding result that uh, you went back to patients almost 10 years or more after they were in a study and found that there was a cardiovascular benefit. Is there some evidence that the patients that were in the low-sodium portion of this study maintained a low-sodium diet during that subsequent decade after the trial? Could that have been what caused the effect? Well, that's what we believe it is. We, unfortunately, we don't have repeat measures of sodium excretion or even of blood pressure, so we really don't know exactly what they were doing during the intervening period. However, we did ask them some questions about their use of sodium, whether they used low-sodium products, whether they preferred low-sodium foods. And in each of those cases, those who were in the active group seemed to indicate that they preferred low-sodium and they used low-sodium products more than those in the uh, control group. So we think that the participants were adhering at least somewhat to the intervention at least compared to the uh, usual care group. So the information that they had originally in the study and the counseling they got for the years of the study seems to have given a long-lasting effect on some of these patients by questionnaires, at least? That's what we think. You know, the TOPE trials were different than other studies in which you might give someone a pill, or even in the DASH studies, which actually gave participants the food to eat. This was really teaching them a lifestyle intervention and um, a way of, you know, shopping and cooking. And it's also been found that people will develop a taste for low-sodium foods so that once you start getting used to that, then if you eat something that's high in salt, it really doesn't taste good anymore. So if patients went to the recommended amount of sodium in the diet, that would be very close to what they achieved in the TOPE trial then? Right. It would be a little bit more than what than we achieved. In addition, I should say that among people with hypertension, the, the target is, is even lower. 
say, 1,500 milligrams of sodium or about 65 millimoles of urinary sodium excretion. So already, for those who have hypertension, the target is usually lower. Now, this only achieved a 1 to 2 millimeter reduction in blood pressure during the course of the trial. Right, that's right. Do we sometimes see greater response in hypertensive patients? Yes. In general, in the trials of blood pressure, we do see a much greater effect among people with hypertension than um, without. You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and my guest is Dr. Nancy Cook, and we have been discussing the use of sodium in the diet and its relationship to blood pressure and to cardiovascular risk. I want to thank Dr. Cook for her comments today on her recent study. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com, and thank you for listening.